Yeah. So I, I don't know. I if I were you, I, your writing's good enough, and people would want to read it. I mean, you've got an audience, I'm sure. You just would have to market, and you'd have to be on social media a little bit more, which I'm sure you don't necessarily love. I can't tell you how much I hate social media. <laughs> it's so frustrating and so dumb. I think it. I think it collectively has dropped the IQ of society by millions of points. Yeah. Uh oh, are you there still? Uh, yeah. I okay. think so. Yeah, Am we're I? good. Okay. Yeah, my screen went blank for a second. It was really weird. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Everything good? You got family's good? All that? Yeah, uh, it's just been busy. I had. Um, <laughs> Tell me about it. I said funeral, and then I mean, I've had two prisoners in the hospital. So you know, I was, and then I had other visits that I was doing. So it's just been boom, boom, boom. You know, um, it never stops, man. No, it doesn't. It never, never stops. And here we go. I mean, another podcast. We're yeah, we're cranking them out, man. I'm telling yeah. you what, we're gonna yeah. be at 20 episodes pretty quick. I think this is That'd fourteen. Be. I think this is fourteen. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So cool. it's either thirteen or fourteen. That's yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like we we've, we've talked for twenty hours and not even covered. You know. No, I mean, there's every, so there's, much more yeah. to talk about all the time. Well, and that you know. Like I like the kind of hour format that we do on audio, and then you know breaking it up. But I I like so Jocko's podcast. Some of them are like three hours long, and it's like, how is that possible? I mean, I, darn near every one of Joe Rogan's is three hours. But yeah. I feel like it's a lot easier too because they're all in person. Yeah, right. Well, like if we had like a central recording location and we weren't doing this online, I feel like yeah. we could easily do three hours. Yeah. Well, it, and if we had someone to talk to, yeah. like if it wasn't just us. Yeah, because I do think, like, I guess, I mean, radio, like, uh, Rush Limbaugh is the only one I can think of off the top of my <laughs> head. But, you know, like, I guess they talked for like three hours and stuff. But, oh, I mean, yeah. they were always, like, pulling in news and, you know, going over stuff. And, yeah. I don't know. It's a lot but, easier to do when you're doing things live. Yeah. But, I mean,. We'll eventually venture into the oh, yeah the live show, That'll which will be. be fun. <laughs> Not all the time. I'm saying like you know once a month or something. It yeah. Usually is pretty well. Yeah, and that is there are like some video podcasts. I don't know if or I mean they're I don't know if they're podcast but video like YouTube mm -hmm. things that are like five hours and it's a whole bunch of people talking. So mm -hmm. yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. If we did a live, it would be probably something that had, like, an interview or something, you know, mm -hmm. a big topic that would, I don't know, maybe get some questions, some conversation, yeah. some some fun. But tonight should be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to talk about this specifically because um, of, like, my own career mm -hmm. and just kind of the nomad I think I would call myself like I'm a mm -hmm. vocational nomad in a <laughs> lot of ways. Um, so it's going to be interesting. You ready? Yeah. 
Let's do it. Hey everybody, welcome to the Two Chaps Pod. I'm AJ, he's Coleman, and we're going to talk tonight about various vocations, because apparently we love alliteration, <laughs> or at yes. least Coleman does, because he We adore the, alliterations. Adore alliterations. There you go. Awesomely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what's going on? It's going to be a circus, but various vocations. Let's... Talk about our work, our toil, something that, you know, from the beginning of pages of Genesis, before even the fall, man was commanded to work and keep and have dominion over the garden. And so work is something that we are called to do, but that does look different for everybody, and we can honor God through the way that we work in our various vocations, and as men, if we are to lead, to serve, to love, protect, and provide, and train our families, providing means having a vocation. Yeah. And so let's talk tonight about those vocations and how we can honor God. Yeah. What's on your mind? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually uh, say something to challenge what you just said. Mm. And say that vocation is actually beyond just simply work. Okay. Now work, obviously, an effort comes into it. And I... And I, I because... I, I want to make this distinction clear because an occupation is not necessarily your vocation. Okay. You can have an occupation, but that is really a means to satisfy the vocation. And that's what you're bringing up with the providing part. Our vocation as men is to provide for our family, but that might be in one time as an occupation, as a teacher, maybe later as, in the occupation of a writer or a, you know, something else that depending on where life goes and what you're taken into, but you still always have the vocation of, in in that case, a husband, um, but even the vocation of men to be those who step up and lead. Now, where that's going to lead you, where that's, where those vocations are going to take you can be very different. And that's, I, I think that's a really crucial part to understanding because, and, and I was thinking about this before the show. Yeah, I guess I've never yeah. thought of it separate. Like, I always assumed vocation was occupation. You know yeah. what I mean? And mm -hmm. maybe that's maybe that's the clear distinction. So define vocation, define occupation, and yeah. then continue your thought. Yeah, great start point. So vocation comes from a Latin vocatio. Um, which means literally calling okay. and and you can hear it in, in in related words like vocabulary is a a, a way that you call people it's the words sure. that you use mm -hmm. um you know a um uh, yeah vocal just itself from from the mouth uh calling so so vocation is a calling and i think the the practical distinction there is Vocations are always given to you, meaning you are become a husband because God gives you a wife. Okay. You become a father because God gives you a child. Okay. Um, you become really a, a pastor uh, because God calls you into the ministry. He gives right. that to you. Um, 
and so and you and and there and this is where this is where it does get a little tricky because there are occupations um which can be more chosen uh, in that regard but that very closely align with the concept of vocation for example teacher a to be a teacher a legitimate like person who sets out to form and inform an audience whether that's small children or high schoolers or college whatever teaching itself is a vocation but the occupation that employs that or where you find yourself carrying out that vocation could be different because it could be you know an occupation as an elementary school teacher versus a college professor or even and this is going to sound crazy uh, an nco in the army because yeah. when you think about what it, what is the main task of a, a non-commissioned officer for all you um non-military i apologize for the abbreviations their their main task is to train the subordinates underneath them yeah. so they are a teacher and in that sense it's a calling so you would say vocation is the big broad this is what i'm called to do Correct. occupation then is how i carry that out correct okay yeah. i think that's a good yeah. distinction because I've, I've honestly never like that's a learning moment for me right because i've yeah. literally never thought of it i've never thought of them as uh exclusive ideas i almost mm -hmm. thought of them as interchangeable synonyms right yeah. your occupation your vocation mm -hmm. but that makes sense then because you know so then okay and i'm gonna i'm gonna keep this train of thought going the various aspect of the vocation then comes in what we are called to do specifically as as men we can be called to be a husband we can be called to be a father um both of them given by god Correct. and then we could also be called to lead a congregation to teach to serve in the military to you know Correct. fulfill yeah. that through different occupations okay yeah. And, now and, and I'm squared away. Now yeah, and, I got it. And and even more basic, um, your your really your first vocation as a man is a son. You are a son to someone. Yeah. And there are and biblical roles that children fulfill. Children obey your parents, as unto the Lord. Yeah. Uh, honor we're your father and your one, mother. Right? Yeah, we're we're learning yeah. that one really well right now in the <laughs> yeah. Riley household. Yeah. Um. But, and but that's something that is that is given to you, and that it, again yeah. that and that one in particular really stays with you your whole life. Granted, mm -hmm. your the relationship that you have between father and son or mother and son will change yeah. as as you grow and as you uh, take on newer vocations such as husband and then father and then grandfather. Uh, but but all of those things there's still a, a particular type of relationship that's that's happening there um whereas that's that's not necessarily true in in all occupations but but yeah so those various vocations that we find ourselves in as men are what god has designed men to be to do uh husband is the first father would be the second in the natural progression of things and those are beautiful, wonderful vocations, just as uh, being a wife and being a mother is as well. And that's really something 
might not fall too much into this discussion, but is something we've lost in our, our culture, the appreciation of those vocations of husband, wife, yeah. father, mother, and uh, because we've gotten so tied up into the occupation. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah now is, it's all <laughs> yeah. Boo, light bulb. Do you see it go off right there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes yeah. Yeah. So, it, but yeah, that's that's it because we've exchanged what this what these God given gifts because that's yeah. the other side of it too is vocation is a gift doesn't mean it's easy doesn't mean it's always pleasurable sure but ultimately it is and ultimately it is God glorifying. Um, Which Luther, is why ultimately we set up kind of our 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 buckets on on culture dad is hey we're Christian mm-hmm. husband dad exactly like those are our vocations you're called. Right. To be a Christian, right? Correct. Correct. That's a, that's a huge one. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's the, the most the, basic, the foundational <laughs> right. one. Exactly. And then being called to be a husband and love and serve and lead and train and protect and, and provide for your wife. And then if God so blesses you to become a father, then you are a dad in that sense to love and serve and train and protect and provide for, you know, right. your children. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Big aha moment for AJ here, right yeah. off like we're five minutes in, ten minutes into this <laughs> thing, and I'm already like, "All right, let's go." Yeah. So, it, um, and we'll talk about this. Well, we'll, we'll go ahead and get into it yeah, right now. Right so, now, no um, reason to bury the lead. Why this? Yeah. Why this be, is so significant is really well, or, or maybe let me rephrase that. You think back in church history, and and uh, for us as as Protestants, as those who are not Roman Catholic, the Reformation is like the big thing for us. I mean, that's where we draw all of our understanding. That's where the the authority of Scripture comes back to the fore. You know, all all these things start to fall in place for for how we conduct our uh, theology, our religion, how, whatever yeah. you want to phrase it. Today, uh, it's tied to that. And what is often, uh, I mean, obviously Luther with the 95 theses and the saying, wait a second, the Catholic Church has gone off the rails. We need to get back to what the scripture actually teaches. Yeah. And, and having that as the sole authority, that's probably the, the biggest uh, impact that he has. But very close second is this understanding of vocation. And why that's so significant is at, at Luther's time, because this is really what drove him to this, the, there were vocations that were designated by the Roman church, and they were kind of prioritized. And so you had the really different classes of religious people, and the, the monks were a group in that, the priests were a group in that, then obviously as you moved up in the food chain in the, that hierarchical structure, the, the, those were the higher priorities of vocations, and then like below that, there was also a a, a pecking order. Married was one, but then like single would be below that, and you know, and so people thought of those higher vocations as more holy. If you were a monk, if you were a priest, uh, if you were in the clergy somehow, that was a more holy calling than being a mother or a father. And Luther was like, no, that's absolutely wrong. And he 
confounds this in Scripture because he's looking at how has God designed things. Well, he's he's never blessed off on a hierarchy in the church. No, I mean that's why there's that's honestly that's why there's so much confusion or yeah. or at least so many different approaches to how the church the polity in the church. But what God has blessed off on is mother and father, husband and wife, created them male and female. Um, the two should become one flesh. Yeah. So he really started to see this, sh- or really started to present, I should say, this shift in, wait a second, it's not necessarily those higher things that are more God-glorifying. It's actually doing what God has given us to do. And if you want to look for what is that, the most concise articulation of that is the Ten Commandments. So what is it, you know, in our vocations, what do we carry out? Have no other gods. Don't you misuse uh, the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping holy. That's the fundamental one, yeah. Christian vocation that we're all called to. And then honor your father and your mother, because everyone that has been born As has a, a father and mother. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and continuing on with that, but the, that establishment of that the and he, he t- talks about this in his explaining of uh, his explanation of that commandment, honor your father and your mother, that it is just as holy of a work for the mother to change the diaper of her children. And that's even more holy than all the monks praying in wherever, whatever city he named. I forget. He, he, that's an actual quote. Yeah. That it was, wow. it was, yeah. Because Which is interesting coming from somebody who was a former monk, right? Correct. So, so him saying like, and listen, yeah. monastic life. Okay, great. But again, not how God designed things. We've talked about this on, you know, being isolated from the world is not necessarily even fulfilling Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17 because he says that we have left them in the world so that they may, you know, glorify God, right? right? Yeah. It's interesting. And, I mean, I can't help but think when you start talking about this kind of stuff. You know, we had the purity culture talk – a while ago you can listen to those you can find those videos on youtube but i like as you're saying this i all i can think about is like the times at summer camp mm-hmm. where you would have them you got to go to a christian college you got to yeah. who wants to join the ministry like recruiting efforts basically which yeah. can set up in a way that hierarchy still in my like yeah oh i'm not as much of a christian because i don't serve in the ministry right right yeah. And Which, uh, coming from a pastor's home, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, um, look, I don't, I don't regret the way that I was brought up at all. I want to be very clear. Like, I love my parents. I love the fact that my dad is uh, still the pastor of the church that I attend now, and, and I, I honor him for that. But there is, um, it's not even manipulation, but there is guilt associated with, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, had I not chosen to ultimately go to Bible college and then, you know, get master's degrees in theology, I I feel like I would have dealt with, you know, guilt from, you know, not following in dad's footsteps, right? Or, yep. you know, not following the path, which is not necessarily true or biblical right. and ultimately i i 
I hate this. It makes it sound really weird when I say like I broke away from that because I really didn't, right? Like I, I didn't. I, I just don't serve in traditional ministry as right. is propagated at the church camp. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I still am fulfilling my vocation. Yeah. Well, and the other side of that, I mean, so it, you're, you're hitting on it. Um, but to take it another way is it becomes this competition and yeah. it can lead to a self-righteousness mm-hmm. of, and, and, and I know that this is uh, particularly a, a difficulty that, you know, we, we wrestle with as those who have been trained to that higher level mm-hmm. of, of saying, well, you know, I spent four years in you know, a particular school to learn this. So I know more than you, you be quiet. Which okay, it might be true. Hold on, but you're it bringing breeds... all this stuff up because do you know? Uh, all right, here I I told you this off air, but I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to say it again. I I have been a vo- vo- not a vocational, an occupational nomad, mm-hmm. a career nomad basically. Uh, started as a youth pastor out of college, and then because I do feel the the calling, the vocation to serve the church. But in my circle, serving the church means working in the church, right? Yeah. You mm-hmm. start as a youth pastor, then you graduate to an associate pastor, and then you become <laughs> a senior pastor. Right. Like, that's the path. Right. But for someone with my spiritual gift of bluntness, <laughs> the the <laughs> pastor may not be the best, you know, occupation to carry out that vocation, mm-hmm. right? Could be some, you know, also self-reflection that needs to take place in that, but... So, um, so I've been an occupational nomad. I, I started as a youth pastor because that's the path that you take. That's what right. you do. And I was not very good at it. I'm not good at administration. I, I, I teach and I teach well because that's my, my gifting is, is teaching. But like the administration side of it, the, the shepherding side of it, I'm mm-hmm. not as good at, right? So I went away. I, I, I left being a youth pastor and became a teacher. And to hit on your point of what you were saying, right, when when I moved to Texas and was looking for a church in Texas, it is very hard to sit under preaching when you've been trained to be a preacher. Yeah. And that sounds very arrogant. Yeah. And I don't mean for it to sound arrogant, but – and I had to check myself, and Jess was a huge help in this because she would say, hey – you need to like kind yeah. of figure it out a little bit because you can't just sit here looking for what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I absolutely do. And, and that in is... my arrogance, that's kind of where I was at. And so I finally we yeah. got to a point where I was like, okay, this is this is this is where we need to be. This is the church. This pastor is good. You know, like I can sit under his teaching. Right. And so we found a place. Oh, that is, and that's that's a very difficult thing. Also, is when because there is there is in that particularly in the church, the pastor is the pastor. It's the one that the congregation has said you're going to be our guy, and he might he might be a complete nincompoop, um, and there may be people sitting in the pews who know the Bible way better than he does, 
to know doctrine way better than he does. But because of that role, that office, they are to submit underneath him. Correct. Um, and Which is yeah. something that, as a younger man, I... I failed at, like, if yep. we're just being completely honest, like, I, I was too arrogant to submit often, and so, yep. and I, and I, I failed in my leadership of, of my wife at the time in that sense, right, and, and it's something that since then I have repented of and been better about, Yeah, but it, it, it's not easy. No. And, and there's some, I, I, I hate to use the big word of trauma. But there's some like scars and bandage from when I was in college and the pastors that I sat under in college. That, to be honest with you, man, we're this. I don't know if this is therapy or what, but <laughs> like, I almost left Bible college completely because yeah. of one of the pastors I was sitting under. Yeah, um, and submitting under. But at a certain point too, I feel and it helped me with this because this is this is where I think that vocation as Christian comes in. Yes, we are called to submit to that man that is in the pulpit, but what about when that man is not rightly handling the word of truth? Not rightly handling the word of truth, or in my experience, did not get the successor to take over for him that he wanted, so held on longer than he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And Sunday mornings became, this is what our text is, let me read the verses, and then tell 40 minutes of stories of my life. Right. Right? It's not preaching. It's no. not teaching. It's not shepherding. So so that that automatically, and maybe that kind of trained me in a way to keep the uh, the radar and the defense mechanism up completely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was one of those things that I really had to, to break down. I, but ultimately, if we go back to vocation and calling, like as a Christian, and our our command to rightly handle the word of truth, right? We have to stand for truth. We have to, you know, correct. We have to Paul yeah. in front of Peter, stand nose to nose <laughs> with them, and go, "Hey, the Gentiles don't have to be circumcised. Yeah, they partake in the same grace that you are partaking in. Yeah." at what point is that acceptable? Yeah. That's, and that's a hard, and that's really difficult in families that have been at a church for a long time and they have those established relationships, but then all of a sudden their pastor is not rightly handling the word of truth. Not, and uh, to be clear, I did not grow up in that church because I went away. So I was mm-hmm. only in that church for... Yeah, yeah like a year and then I'm sitting here thinking yeah this isn't right but I feel like this is the church I'm supposed to be at so I'm yeah. not just going to like up and leave yeah well uh, I mean that and that's 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 the struggle is right you know coming to that that reality and again this is where the vocation of husband if you're in a, part, or a family but in even the vocation of men mm-hmm. um you know where you step into those roles as you're still a leader in the church, even though you yeah. might not be a pastor and say, all right, pastor, we need to talk need to about talk. these things. And like, you know, you're preaching that, you know, this is going to be a wild example, but sure. You know, you're preaching that Jesus actually isn't God. You're saying he's the first created being or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and that's heresy. And correct. I, you've got to 
correct that. And if he and if he doesn't, well, then, and if the congregation is still okay with him, then you have to really consider. Okay, I I can't I am, let my family sit underneath this. Correct. Teaching. That's yeah. the protection that that and we are living out the vocation. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so yeah, so in this this concept of vocation extends to the responsibilities that we have specifically in the spiritual realm because we are the ones who are there to be the spiritual heads of our households. Uh, if you're single, you're supposed to be in the congregation to help facilitate the proper teaching of and handling of the word of truth. So back to, to Luther, that was the big thing that he started to shift there and it became fleshed out later over uh you know the the time of the reformation is still being fleshed out today because there's there are always challenges to this um and it becomes this but really at the root of it is understanding the vocations that you've been given kind of the priority of the those vocations starting namely with child of god christian yeah um and then you know, as God it gives you these other vocations, how you carry those out, and then that matters because another one that we uh, we've touched on a little in some of our previous episodes, uh, the vocation of citizen. Like mm-hmm. you, everyone lives in a community, yeah, and so you have a responsibility to that community, whether that's yeah the you know whether your community is five hundred people or or the community of the United States. That's just an easy, or just community of the world at large. But you have you have certain responsibilities that come with that. There, also. there really is like a uh, smaller circle, bigger circle, bigger Correct. circle aspect yeah. to that citizenship, right? So you Correct. have like your family as a community, then you have your church as a community, then you have exactly. your city as a community, state, country, world. Yeah. All of those vocations in which men are to serve and yeah. and, and, lead. and and lead yes and, yeah i heard one pastor today say uh, he said i'm going to say some things that are controversial <laughs> but he said he goes if you're a man you're a leader you can't say no. oh i'm not a leader no you are oh. a leader mm-hmm. the the question is whether you're a good leader or you're a bad leader yeah and i think that that is something like that is a vocation like we've talked about the the Men and women being equal, but the responsibility of leadership correct, placed on Adam in the garden as our representative and then subsequently all of us, like, it's not something you can get away from. Correct. You are a leader yep. one way or the other. Yeah. And whether that means – because – and this, this – we often think of leader as the one being in the front, like Correct. the head, the top guy. And that's not necessarily true mm-hmm. because even as you are following, as we follow Christ, who is our leader, the leader, period, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we are always being led by him. And so but in our various vocations, there are other leaders that we have to follow. And in following them, we carry out our leadership for those who are following us, yeah. namely our families. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there uh, it is as we are called to be leaders, it is finding where that fits into 
again, these various vocations. So many layers. It's like yes. an onion. <laughs> you know what I mean? That just yeah. continues to be pulled back. Oh, I, like, I just, that's why. And sorry, I thought of Shrek. Dudes, <laughs> <laughs> but and maybe that's why it's so. Not to get off topic completely and make this just about manhood at large, but maybe that's why it is so difficult to kind of like nail down that definition of like what is, you know, a man or like being a good man, right? Because everybody has a philosophy on what it means to be a good man. And maybe it's just as simple as saying, listen, it's understanding your vocations and carrying them out to their fullest extent. But within those vocations, there are different layers under which you have to figure out, right? Like, if I'm a leader, I'm a leader of multiple facets of things, but that leadership looks different within those different facets as well. Yeah. Because being a leader inside the community doesn't necessarily mean being the top dog, but understanding, okay, I'm still responsible for making sure that the community thrives. Right. However that may look. Yeah. Whew, man. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and but it, it again, is. it is not easy. Be, whatever. Well, it, it's well, not easy being a man and understand. Like there is a burden that comes with that. Correct. And and to take that in in somewhat of a different way, I think that's why we have so many societal issues. Is because is, of the failure. Correct. The failure yeah. and the confusion mm-hmm. over yeah. what For we're sure. supposed to be doing. Um, and the replacing. The replacing what? of men in leadership and... Oh. I, I, yeah. The, yeah. The failure yeah. of men in leadership. Not necessarily like the forcing of those who should not be in leadership because men have failed to lead. Correct. I don't and, know. And for... We offended our... our feminist and feminine uh, audience uh, let us let us clarify that yeah that does not mean that women can't be leaders or be correct in those in those positions of correct we're seeing what that does mean is that men in whatever position they are in have responsibility and need to and are held accountable for carrying those things out so if it is a vocation designated by god that is solely for men such as husband, father, pastor. Pastor. That is then, yes, no one else can fill those things. But if it's something else that's like, you know. Governor, principal. Right. Then, yeah, yeah, those are. President, maybe one day. Maybe. That is, those, that's, that's kind of open. Now, again, men should still be stepping up and leading because, and this gets to the confusion part, women have a beautiful vocation as wife and mother that men cannot do. And that's something I, I cannot, we've said this before in, in the podcast, is I can't believe that we're at a time where we have to say you know, a it's woman. It's a noble thing to be a mom. <laughs> well, that, but. That a woman alone can ha- can bear a child, like men can't do that. Yeah, and that there's so much confusion about that now. It's it's like it's it illogical. 
Yeah. It's illogical. I, yeah, I... This, uh... Man. <laughs> this has been, like, very enlightening and, and, and therapeutic in a lot of ways. How... How do we then, as as men, going back to what I talked about with the church camp, and I feel like I'm railing on church camps. Like there are very <laughs> real things that happen at church camps, and I don't want to like mess yeah. mess yeah. with that at all. I think there's a lot of emotional manipulation that I have seen throughout the years that has also taken place at church camps that are just damaging in the in and of themselves. But as a man, okay, I am not in ministry. I do not get paid by a church. I do not work for a church. I but yet I still serve my church. Mm-hmm. Right? How do we as as men and I think that we we've kind of already touched on this. You don't have to be in ministry to fulfill your vocations. Correct. Okay? And going back to the hierarchy Someone who is serving their, who is carrying out their vocation through the occupation at a church is not more spiritual. Correct. Or more holy. Correct. Than you are and not more capable of carrying out their vocations. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, how do we wrestle that, reconcile that in our mind, right? Like, I, I know there's the verse, you know, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Like yep. th- those different types of of scriptures that say whatever you do, glorify God. Correct. Um, but practically, as a man, how do we reconcile that in our minds? Well, so it, it does come back to you know what are what has God gifted you with? Um, what are the abilities that you yeah. have? Uh, and this this ties into some of the posts our previous post on Uncultured Dad. Um, you know, society's need for poets. Yeah. That there's this this concept of we need just as many warriors as we do artists, and we need just as many uh civil servants, politicians, which I know has a bad connotation, as we do uh you know maintenance workers or whatever you want to call it, uh like uh, utilities kind of workers to preserve the the uh, actual infrastructure of a community Mm -hmm. so yeah the understanding that whatever whatever god has given you as a gift well that's what you you use um if it is if if it's the strength and to endure you know farming or whatever or the or the intelligence to design computer programs wherever that is uh you know that's where you you employ those gifts and so that's that's part of it and it's also those verses do come into come into play for that whatever you do unto the uh, whatever you do do as unto the lord you know because it is god glorifying who gave you and this is uh maybe the easiest example of this professional athletes now some people might think you know whatever but god literally gave them the gifts to do that to <laughs> to run a 4440 you know so fast <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Oh man! So I just so I throw the story. I, I just saw a um, fantasy football leagues are you know going on, and there was a, a way that people dra- uh, set their draft order by running a forty yard dash, yep. mm-hmm. and they were showing times of these guys. There was like seven six and eight one, and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, yeah, you know, that makes four four look very fast. unbelievable." What was the fa- we both have talked about being collegiate athletes on this <laughs> oh. show? What was the fastest you ever ran the four? Oh man, I don't know if I want to admit this. You were a lineman. Uh, I I was. Okay. Uh, five one was my fastest. That's oh. pretty good for a lineman. Yeah. I was four six seven. Wow, shoot, man, that's that's flying. That's half a but second was, faster than me. I know, but I was a quarterback. Like I, I, I if I was running a five one, that would have been a problem. <laughs> but yes, back to the gifting. Yeah. Since we yeah. diverted into sports talk for a second. <laughs> right. But back to the so so here's what's what's interesting. Again, I don't know why this is like the onion of I keep going back to the onion analogy, but like the onion of Adam just continue, AJ Adam whatever you want to call me being peeled back continually tonight. Um, but there is that making sure that you're gifted, but then also in the proper occupation to carry out those gifts Correct. is important because. I've told I, I I've told you earlier like my gifting is is teaching. It's um one of those things that I'm very passionate about. We talked about this on uh the purity culture where I said I am not afraid to call people out when it comes to hey you're not teaching that correctly. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be done correctly because it is like the word of God needs to be handled correctly. And I, I don't feel like a gatekeeper in a lot of ways, but I do feel like I that is one of the things that's been laid on my heart that I'm passionate about, that I'm skilled in to be like, hey, no, <laughs> like, no, let's let's look at this properly and, and look at it the right way. It's one of the reasons why I volunteer my time to lead our men's Bible study at church, because there is a need to train and disciple men, and I had the time, so I do it, right? Right. Having that gifting align with your passions and being in the right occupation for it is important because all of those are God-given things. Right. So for me, someone who teaches and could literally spend all day in my office as a youth pastor, parsing sentences and reading dead theologians and, you know, putting together outlines, I I ate that up. Yeah. And then I'd go home and do more of it, right? Or have people writing questions that I'm writing papers and giving them defenses of, like, I'd do that all day long. And then they'd be like, did you collect the money for this? And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like... Yeah. I was not in the right occupation to do that. Right. And then, sorry, I'm going to finish this. I know it's going long. But but then I find out, okay, in 2016 or 2014 when my grandfather passed away, I, I met his his brother. And through talking to him at my grandfather's funeral, realized there was a story to tell of these mm-hmm. two brothers who went off to World War II. And I got back to Dallas because I was living in Dallas at the time, and I told Jess, I'm writing a book. Had never, no training, nothing, but it was just something that was like, this is something that I have to do. And I realized that I was also skilled in writing. So 
now I have this aligned gift of teaching and the ability to write, which I'm passionate about. And I've never been more comfortable and happy in the fact that we have Uncultured Dad that we write about. We have the podcast I can teach about. I now can create content for the men of our church, like in the right occupation. Right. Doing what I am called to do and glorifying God through that. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a, so this is also a. And I don't want that to sound self-righteous or prideful. Like that, it was a journey. Yeah. Right. A huge journey to get to where I feel like I'm actually doing what I was put on this earth to do. Right. And that's, so that's the other side of the, uh, really in thinking about leadership as men and helping younger men is to help them discern what those gifts are, what that, what those callings and where they would best employ those for. And really, if you want to measure it, I, I know this is a very general statement but it is the question of where are you best going to serve your neighbor because if you think about what is it that we are called to do as christians love god all your heart mind soul and strength love your neighbor as yourself yep and so when you think about your vocation in your vocation you are set to love your neighbor as yourself or to maybe even increase that um love your neighbor as jesus has loved you that's what he that's the actual command he gives to the disciples um, and the the upper room, then the nineties to trade. So that's so having those other, uh, particularly as men, other men be able to help you discern that. Um, and obviously, that first starts with father. If you have a good father relationship, your grandfather, um, which is a, another helpful one, if, especially if he's still alive. Um, but then also like the men in your church to help with that. And women could do this too. Also, uh, it's, it's not saying disregard their uh, advice and counsel, but, you know, take it from the, the people who are, who have wisdom and can help you discern those things. For some, it, be, it becomes pretty obvious. Like, and we're still to a degree in this culture, but I, I mean, definitely 150 years ago and, before that, it was whatever your family was doing, that's what you would take on and do. Uh, but as times have changed and you know, things have industrialized and you know, now there's information technology and all, all the things that are associated with that, there are a lot, another, there are a, a lot of other avenues that can be taken and it, where those gifts can be employed. So there is a, a measure of discernment that goes with it. So to, to tie that into what you're saying, you might not discern that instantly. It may yeah. be a process. I, I can say from my own experience, I thought as a young boy that I would go into the ministry, go to become a pastor. Um, but as I grew and as I talked to my pastor and other wise men, my coaches, I began to see, you know, something a little different. And I, I, so in college, instead of uh, majoring in religion or, you know, and kind of going that track, I went with mathematics. Don't ask. 
anyways enjoyed it and and i i i uh graduated and then became a teacher for a year loved it coach football absolutely loved it one of the things i missed the most uh about that that occupation at that time there was also this yearning desire in me to go and serve in the military because i i, I was thinking about grandfathers and both of mine that served in world war ii and you know we're willing to answer that call to go and fight for our country and to realize that we were at war uh, both iraq and afghanistan at the time and thinking about you know there are hundreds of, of thousands maybe of other young men and women that are going out there to protect and serve so that we might continue in our way of life i'm capable of doing that why don't I, what, what's holding me back from doing that? And so prayed about it, thought about it, and decided to enlist. Enlisted, went through that time, but in the midst of that enlistment, uh, really started to feel the call again to ministry and had incidents that happened along the way that really started to push me back towards, okay, I've done my time in this occupation, but Really, I need to go pursue the vocation that I thought from such a long time ago of becoming a pastor. And that was, and there, and when I say incidents, I also in, include in that wisdom from uh, other men around me, particularly a pastor, a couple pastors actually. And so that's what you know that changed my trajectory again, uh, or trajectory again, and how I ended up becoming pastor and a chaplain because that was the other side of it too is with this experience as the enlisted and the and the events that happened in my deployments and you know being back from in the states i i felt very compelled to say what god is calling me into in terms of preaching his word is directly applicable to a lot of these situations that i've encountered in the military where a chaplain could speak into it. And so that's kind of the how those two merged and why I ended up becoming a, a chaplain. Long way around to say that it takes discernment, it takes the wisdom of others, and it takes trying and failing in many things to go, okay, this is where I am. But it fundamentally comes back down to that, well, comes back to that fundamental vocation that you uh, named, which is Christian. Yeah. And when you really think about, and I don't, this is a little out of context, but I, I think it's applicable. When the Jews come to Jesus and ask him, what is it that we are to do to be doing the works of God? So they're looking for this activity that they're supposed to be carrying out. Like, what is it that we're, we're supposed to do? What is it that's really God-pleasing? Well, how does Jesus answer him? Believe in the one whom he has sent. It's this total blowing away of the concept of, oh, we've got to find something that will be pleasing to God. No, no, no. The thing that pleases God is trusting in his son. And if you trust in his son, he will give you the Holy Spirit who will guide you in in your life, in the vocations God gives to you. Yeah. And he will make it evident when within that vocation, if that occupation that you're holding is no longer 
what you need to be doing. And I think that that is an important point because I have um, calling myself a career nomad is pretty applicable. And what I mean by that is, and I've told Jess this too, I don't feel jealous at all of people who are like, I've known what I've wanted to do and this is what I do and I'm dedicating my life to it, right? Like people want to be lawyers and doctors and all that kind of stuff. I've never felt that way. Mm -hmm. And I've never been someone who's like, this is my career and I'm going to be working it, you know, for the next 20 to 30 years. I don't know why I have never felt that. I've just never been um, someone who's, who's, worked that way i guess and and i've kind of told jess like i i'm the occupations to use that that vernacular that we're using that i have done throughout my career my working life let's just put it that way because i don't really have a career mm-hmm. the occupations that i've worked are a means to an end for for me they are the way that i provide money for the family they are not what define me Right. right. They're the they're the necessary evil that I must do <laughs> in order to provide and then allow me to chase the passions and and desires that I have in other ways, right? Um and so I, I say all that to say this. We should be defined by our vocation, not defined by our occupation. Yes. And I think think that that is something that too often gets flipped yes i am a lawyer i am a doctor i am a teacher you do those things they are not what you are you are a christian you are a husband you are a father those are what define you not your occupation right and i feel like and i just it is one of those kind of promptings that I feel needs to be said right now. We as men cannot, we can't afford to get that wrong. Yeah. We cannot afford to flip those words and define ourselves by our occupation as opposed to our vocation. Why? Because we are the ones leading our family. And if Spurgeon has said to train up a child in the way you should go and then go that way yourself. (laughs) If they see us defining ourselves by our occupation, then they will end up doing the same things. Yeah. So it is very important that we get this right. You are not defined by your occupation. You are defined by your vocation. Yeah. And the temptations that come with occupation, because, and this is, and again, this is why viewing it in this way can be so helpful. It, it the, the temptations specifically are with occupation become money career status fame however you want to look at it that way and you you realize all the warnings about that that jesus gives you cannot serve two masters you either love one or hate the other you cannot serve god and money um the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil so these these and occupations tend to become like you said, a source of income. Well, within that is that whole realm of temptation. Um, so having that straight in your mind and making you know, the career, the occupation subordinate to 
the responsibility that you have to your wife and to your children helps you prioritize and then yeah. also again helps you be discerning on hey i'm in this occupation but it is forcing me into a role that is contrary to, to god's word i need to leave it and i need to go find something else which is contrary to what our society and mm-hmm. our country's history teaches us mm-hmm. which is why it is important and maybe we just go here for the last little bit of this podcast it is very hard to be a christian and chase an american dream <laughs> uh, that's a topic uh, for uh, another time oh uh, yeah I was, I was, we're not gonna be able to cover <laughs> that in 10 minutes no oh, but man. But at the same time, I mean, think about it, right? The yeah. American dream, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and chase the promotion and all that. That is definition by occupation as opposed to you are called to love and serve your neighbor. And if your occupation gets in the way of that, yeah, maybe it's time for a different occupation. Yeah. Which is contrary to the American philosophy and the American dream. Uh- you're absolutely right. It is, uh, and I know that I dropped a bombshell with <laughs> yeah. ten minutes left. <laughs> yeah, um, but man. what you were saying, like I, I feel like I can't not say that. But, yeah, no, I, I, I agree that the ambition in America of bigger, faster, stronger, wealthier, all those things, yeah, they end up running. If those become the sole ends of your life, those run contrary. Absolutely, to what Correct. God has revealed in His Word. You know, it is the God hates the proud and the haughty. Uh, he opposes, humbles yeah, opposes. He like if there's I mean, someone you don't want to be opposed by. <laughs> yes. I would think it would be the Creator of the universe. Yeah, just a thought. Yeah, ah, good thought. I, yeah, so, I would say so. So yeah, so the American spirit, while uh, in one sense. There are admirable things, perhaps, that come out of it. The way it has mutated, maybe, yeah, uh, over time, and the expectation of w- what we are supposed to achieve, yeah, now goes. It is very hard to reconcile that with God's word and His expectation of us, and yeah. Uh, that is, this is definitely what's that? It's a topic for another time, and definitely... we will tackle this topic at some point. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. listen. We, we both love our country. We both have yeah. chosen to serve our country, so it's not going to be sitting here bashing America because yeah. that's not what we do. But there are some corrections that we feel like yeah. probably well, it, should take place. Yeah, and, and and there is a again. One of the vocations that we have is to be a citizen of this country. And so that is Correct. a God-given thing. We God, in his sovereignty, sovereignty and in, in his... Shows that we are or, part of this country. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so we actually have to uphold that and, and carry that out as... Because in being a good citizen, we will be, uh, generally speaking, we will be good neighbors to those around us. That's... Now, the tension comes in when something like a government mandate comes down that makes you act contrary to being a good uh, neighbor 
mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever it might be, and or it makes you act contrary to God's word. You know, from Book of Acts, we must obey God rather than men. And so again, discernment, wisdom comes in in those cases. But yeah, that's another tension in the vocations that we have of how do I how do I live as a good citizen according to God's word because that's really because that's the higher that's the higher vocation or that's the most fundamental identity that you have as a Christian who believes what God says is true and a Christian who strives to live as God has created you to be and God has redeemed you to be in his son and God is sanctifying you to be by his spirit we get that part first, and that informs how we act as in the vocation of citizen in our our community and in our state and our country. But yeah, we'll, we will definitely have to explore that one in more detail. Of course. But let's not confuse, as we wrap up tonight, our vocation and our occupation. Our vocation is what we are called to do, be a Christian be a husband, and if God so blesses, be a father. Leader in all of those things. And our occupation is how we carry those things out. This is the Two Chaps Pod. We will see you next week. He's Coleman. I'm AJ. Make sure that you follow us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the bell for notifications, and all social media platforms. We will see you next week. Stay uncultured. Hey, everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps Pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new threads from Meta. And I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod, and until then, stay uncultured.